My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire. How I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father. A mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother. A mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the most talked about television series of 2022 is the streaming service Paramount Plus's The Offer. The Offer is a a 10-episode show that's this biographical drama that traces the development of The Godfather, which has been named one of the greatest and most influential films ever made. And it was surprising that this television series, which told the story of what went on behind the scenes, was as compelling as that movie itself. The writers, the directors, and particularly the producers had to navigate studio politics, the egos and competition between actors and actresses. They had to deal with issues with the mafia, not that such a thing exists, as well as FBI pressure. And one of the most interesting things was learning that the Italian-American Civil Rights Action League had started in some part in response to the book, The Godfather. And it's depicted in this TV series as having these these rallies and calling for for boycotts of Paramount Studios to try to stop them from even filming the movie. The IACRL was instrumental in getting assurances and concessions from the creative team responsible for the film that Italians would not be depicted in certain ways that they felt were demeaning and stereotypical to those of us who are Italian and to our culture. And in particular, they made sure that the word mafia would never be used in the film. Fifty years later, and realizing what a legendary film The Godfather is, it's kind of surprising to learn all about this. That it would not have only been considered so controversial, but that it brought about that type of reaction. Calls for protests and boycotts. And the effect that those changes had, that not only affected the development of the film but ultimately appeased the IACRL to the point that they would end up backing the film and the release of the movie. Whether it's something serious like issues regarding racism or health policies or economic issues or something seemingly ridiculous like a group of students at a college who had a protest demanding the abolishment of low grades so there would be nothing below a C. Would that life were that easy, but at any rate, it's interesting to see what motivates people 
what they deem as the most important thing that they must take a stand, that they must make a demand, that they call for action, call for change. What it is they're most passionate about. At the heart of today's gospel passage, that's what Jesus is getting at. What are we passionate about? And it kind of surprises people hearing this scripture passage, hearing him use terminology like, I've come to set the earth on fire. And expanding on that by by disabusing the sometimes cartoon, peaceful caricatures that we have of Jesus being all rainbows and handing out puppies to people. And instead talking about how following him is not only going to be controversial, it's not going to just be divisive, but even divisive in our most intimate and personal of environments among families. It's unsettling. It makes you want to turn to those Good Shepherd passages, right? Which makes you wonder, are these scriptures in opposition to each other? Was Jesus having a bad day here? And are they capturing the Good Shepherd in a grumpy moment? Not really. <laughs> it's not uncommon for us to kind of have those stained glass images of Jesus in those long robes and gently carrying a sheep on his shoulders, forgetting that what's implied in that, when he calls himself the good shepherd, what does he mean? Is that there's a willingness to sacrifice everything for the sheep, to go in search of the lost sheep, to protect the sheep from threats to its health and its safety, to lay down his life for the sheep. Jesus takes a stand. And that makes demands on him. It's a call for action on his part. Jesus is passionate about the sheep, meaning he's passionate about us and ultimately about saving us from sin and from death. And he will demonstrate that on the cross. So it's not unreasonable that he turns around and is looking for some sort of reciprocity on our part, on the part of his followers for us to have our hearts captured by his heart, for us to catch the the passion that he has for us, for him. And there's no shortage of ways and examples that that's happened throughout the history of the church's 2,000 plus years that continues to this very day. You have the, the great extremes like people who suffer persecution and martyrdom for being Christian. People are surprised to learn that the persecution and the genocide of Christians across the world is worse today than at any time in history, and that most Western governments are are failing to do anything to stop it. You have the the notable and laudable examples that we celebrate, like when men and women who are discerning the, the priesthood and religious life, or those who dedicate some years of their lives to missionary work, both domestically and internationally. You have everyday examples like those of you here today who are honoring the Lord's command to keep holy the Sabbath and making coming to the holy sacrifice of the Mass on Sunday a central part of that command. All those examples are important. They're essential in a variety of ways. But the universal call, the passion and the action that Jesus is seeking, this fire He's come to set about that he wants to fire up every single one of us. It's a little more basic. It's fighting against evil. It's a total rejection of sin. And while it's it's good that we can get fired up 
about the sins and the injustices that we see out in the world and others are doing and put our bumper stickers on and boycott certain businesses and maybe even take part in different protests ourselves to try to bring about societal changes in the world. The greatest battlefield, the most important battlefield is far closer to home. It's in our hearts. It's about bringing about changes here. St. Paul emphasizes that point in that second reading from the letter to the Hebrews. He talks about how we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, which would be the saints in heaven, the ones who are on such fire about pursuing Christ and rejecting sin when they lived on this early earthly life that we're experiencing now, that now they're enjoying the fruits of that by being in eternal union with God in heaven. Those saints are encouraging us to, as Paul put it, to persevere in running the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of the faith. Paul speaks from his own experience. He had been persecuting the first Christians, seeing them as as heretical to his Jewish faith, and by causing additional threats by gaining unwanted attention from the Roman Empire. When Paul encounters the risen Christ, Jesus directs the question personally as he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Jesus directs Paul to see that in his misguided passion, in his desire to set all things right in the world as he saw it, Saul was blinding himself how in fact he was sinning, how he had allowed evil into his life to twist him and to manipulate him. That's why Paul speaks so eloquently from the heart in this reading where he encourages us not to grow weary, to not to lose heart in our struggle against sin. So for each of us who all have politicians that we support and those we vehemently oppose, who have causes that are near and dear to us and issues that are so important that we find ourselves moved into some sort of action, The Lord is asking us directly to move that same energy inwardly. Asking us to be focused on the only thing that matters the most in life. Whether we're pursuing living with Him eternally or not. And where are we in that pursuit? How seriously do we take making a regular examination of our conscience to see where where have I failed in that daily pursuit of Him? Where do I fail in living as a follower of His? Do I see him and serve him and all those around him, especially those in need? And then bringing those things to the sacrament of reconciliation where we confess those sins and we experience Jesus' healing and his mercy and his forgiveness. St. Mother Teresa once said, do not allow anything to interfere with your love for Jesus. You belong to him. Nothing can separate you from him. That one sentence is important to remember. He will be your joy, your strength, if you hold on to that sentence. Temptations and difficulties will come, but nothing will break you. Remember that you have been created for great things. St. Mother Teresa belongs to that great cloud of witnesses encouraging us from heaven to pursue this greatness that Jesus calls us to. May each of us continue persevering in our runs, 
and never grow weary.